Why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell him happy Valentine's Day. If you haven't already, hopefully you have. If not, you might be in trouble. Amen. Well, thank you for coming out on this, this, uh, this special night. And I do believe that God's going to help us. And we've, uh, we've entitled this to love the right way. And uh, we know our world uses the word love in many different ways. And a lot of times it is just in the wrong way. And uh, God, the Bible says that God is love. And he's the perfect example of that love for you and I. And uh, so we're going to uh, we're going to dive into this and just uh, just talk about the love of God and how that applies to our relationships and our lives and uh, and just how God's love helps us in everything that we do. Uh, we're going to just ask our panelists to go through and introduce yourself. And uh, we want you to tell uh, tell us your story. How did you meet and how long have you been married? So we'll start with Taylor and Adrian. And uh, this is Taylor and Adrian Chavez. They uh, they work in our Sunday school department, and they uh, brother uh, Adrian's also an usher. They do a great job. And uh, and just tell us a little bit about your story. So me and Taylor actually we met on Instagram, <laughs> which is which is common nowadays. But we uh, my at my old church, my youth pastors asked me to give an encouraging video to the uh, kids over there because it was COVID time, everybody's locked in, everybody's getting discouraged, nobody can go to church. And so I recorded a video of me giving my testimony, I sent it to them, and then their son actually, which is good friends with me, he, um, he shared it to his, to his story on Instagram, and that's where me and Taylor met through where that video. So, yeah. <laughs> and we just started a uh, we just started messaging on Instagram and we had really good conversations on there and, and we just talked for a long time and it led to me giving her, giving me or giving her my number. And then we started texting and calling and FaceTiming (laughs) and, uh, and then it led to, uh, us talking to our, our leaders. Once we started liking each other a lot, we talked to our leaders and, and we got the okay for them from them to, to come meet in person because we, we just had to meet in person because we really got along with each other. Testing, testing. <laughs> um, so we ended up meeting in person and it, we, we had a great time. He actually planned a day for us at Disney. So talk about spending a lot of time together. We were at Disney for 10 plus hours and um, we would wait in line for an hour or two hours and we had all the time in the world it seemed like to just talk and we really got to know each other really well. Um, And just like he said also, we started DMing each other and for those of you who don't know, that's a direct message. So (laughs) we would send direct messages to each other and then that eventually led to texting on our cell phones and that led into talking on the phone and then FaceTime and we always made sure that we had our spiritual leaders involved so we were under their covering. So we told them um, what was going on, we kept them in the loop and yeah, that leads us to today, but that's how we met. <laughs> and how long have you been married? We've been married for just under a year. Just under a year. Yes. Okay, awesome. 
All right, mom and dad, you guys want to go next? Uh, my name's Tim, and this is my wife, Amy. And we met at church, and I was the youth director at our church, and uh, she was in the youth department. And uh, wasn't that much age difference, but um, the youth department used to collect cans to um, make some money on the side and stuff for our adventures. And so I asked her if she'd come downstairs, help me gather up the cans down there. And while she was down there, I was going to ask her out. And so that's, <laughs> so I did, I, I asked her out and she said yes. So, uh, you know, the rest is history. We dated for three, uh, three years. Took me three years to get her to say she would marry me. And I started from day one begging her, you, would you marry me? And, and uh, she, her mom and dad basically didn't, they weren't too sure about me yet. So <laughs> I hadn't been at the church that whole time. But um, it worked out pretty good so far. I've learned a lot, so... I knew this was going to be a comedy show. <laughs> you put him on there. But yes, um, we did date for three years. Um, I don't know if it quite went like he said. but um, <laughs> And during that three years, I think there was maybe three days that we did not see each other in those three years. So we had a very good relationship during that time. And when it was time for us to get married, we felt like we knew each other well enough and not saying that you got to date three years, but it was a good thing for us. And I'm glad we did. <laughs> and we've been married 37 years, 38 this year. Wow. <laughs> okay. I'll tell the story if you guys promise not to tell my children. <laughs> we met when we were 13 and 14 years old, and he asked me to be his girlfriend when we were 14 and 15 at Disney, and then we dated for five years, um, because we were too young to get married, <laughs> um, and then, then he asked me, and that's it. Yeah, and so we've been married, uh, now this year will be 15 years. Uh, that we've been married, so. I hope all the young people just forget this whole thing when we started We're dating not allowed at, to date at 14, 14 and 15, 15 years old. <laughs> but um, but we, we met at a very uh, young age, I guess, and we just started talking. She lived in West Palm Beach, uh, so we were long distance, and then eventually I stole her away and uh, forced her to come up here to, to Palm Bay, and uh, she fell in love with it, th this place, with this church, and, um, and thankfully she fell in love with me. So, <laughs> uh, But um, I want to ask just a few pointed questions if possible, and um, I'll start with Taylor and Adrian. Um, it says, um, you know, I, I know you guys met online, you guys talked about how you met through Instagram, and you know, that seems really foreign to all of us old folks, um, you know, meeting online and all of that. But it's very common nowadays uh, for someone to meet somebody online. Um, so with social media and, and uh, you know, people meeting through social media, what advice would you give on saying, you know, how do I, how do I navigate 
on if somebody really is who they say they are, um, getting to know the real person. You know, social media, we all know social media. We see the highlights of people's lives. A lot of times we don't see the bad days. We just see the good days. And so how do you know who somebody is on their bad days? And how do you get to know somebody through online? Well, um, the number one thing that we looked for when we started messaging was we saw that we were of the same faith. So I saw in, in Adrian's Instagram bio, his church, and it was the same faith from our church. Um, and that's why we continued to keep talking. So we started messaging back and forth. And eventually we knew that we would have to meet in person. So... We planned to meet in person, of course, with both of our leaderships giving us the okay. We met in person, and it was great. We both felt peace about it when we met in person, and we got to learn a lot about each other. But I realized that we, can't, we couldn't just go off of what we said about ourselves because anyone can really say anything about themselves. You can say you're this person. You can say you're that. And nowadays, you can have a picture that isn't anything that doesn't even look like you. So <laughs> we, um, we made it a point to talk to spiritual leaders that were in our lives. My dad actually did a background check, if you will, and he, um, <laughs> he contacted, <laughs> yeah, go dad, brother Hayes. <laughs> he contacted Adrian's pastor and uh, he asked Adrian's pastor about Adrian and his character and if he went to church faithfully and all those kinds of things. So Adrian's pastor gave the green light and he said that Adrian was a great guy and he had a servant's heart. And he said that Adrian attended church faithfully and that he was involved in ministry. And I love that about him. And vice versa, Adrian found out a lot about me by visiting my church and coming, seeing my church family, talking to my, my dad, my mom, and Dr. Myers. And that's how we learned a lot about each other in person. And it was actually advised to us that Adrian lived here for a year before we started marriage counseling. So Adrian lived here for an entire year and we got to learn a lot about each other. There were ups, there were downs, and there were a lot of challenges, but it helped us to become better equipped for marriage. So we ended up going to marriage counseling with Dr. Myers, and that's another thing. It is completely different talking to someone online versus talking to them in person and communicating with them in person. Those are two completely different things. So we had to learn. We were so used to texting and so used to talking on the phone that we had to learn how to communicate in person effectively. And Dr. Myers was great about that and gave us great communication communicative um, strategies and how to communicate with each other. And that, that really helped us. So that's how our relationship is so strong right now and how we went from online to where we are now. I just, I agree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. For, for Lila and I, you know, we, we, uh, we met young and we had a, a long distance relationship, I guess you could say, um, you know, and dated for over five years, um, you know, but then you came to our church and we, we both came for, you know, we both had different churches. We were heavily involved like, like you guys were, um, 
And so I just want to say, you know, how did you know, how did we come about like, okay, you were going to move here and, you know, the process of how we kind of made sure that we kind of did things the right way as well. You made me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, well, for us, I love the fact that we had those five years, even, I mean, especially because we were so young, um, but we really grew to have a love of communication because, you know, we had to talk on the phone, you know, we had to constantly text and talk on the phone, and luckily it wasn't too far of a distance that we could drive and see each other. Um, but because I was raised in my church and he had been here since he was eight, um, all of our leadership knew us, you know, very well. So our leadership talked to each other um, and also our parents talking to the leadership. Um, so I think just that communication was all open and was always there. And that's, that's why. Yeah, I remember going and, you know, um, approaching pastor about wanting to marry her and, you know, and then, you know, the, we had to start making the tough decisions about, okay, well, if we're really going to get married, okay, who's, who's going to have to move, you know, and, you know, just going through the counseling and everything. Um, I, we did counseling, uh, with brother Kyle in West Palm beach. And I mean, it was, it's just, it's such an important thing to, to seek counsel. Um, especially, you know, if you're, if you're trying to find love, um, you know, you, I think it's so important that you do it the right way, um, you know, and that you, you seek counsel for it. And, uh, you know, that, that really just, it set us up for success. And, um, you know, we, we thought we were ready to get married even before we actually did. But luckily, you know, listening to our, um, you know, just our pastor and my parents and her parents, you know, we just kind of just walked into walked into it as they they helped us and opened up those doors and and I can just say you know I never imagined being so blessed in in my life um, I never imagined that that you know we could have a relationship like this and a family like this and that God would have blessed us so much and I think it was just a testament of just how uh God just just led us and guide us, and we just said, okay, God, wherever you take us, that's where we'll go, and we just trusted in God. We prayed about it and, and let God kind of make those decisions in our lives, and so if you're, if you're thinking about, you know, marrying somebody, always um, make sure that you seek your, seek counsels, seek your leadership, go to counseling. All these things are powerful, powerful tools uh, that are biblical. And uh, they help us to see things that we don't see because sometimes whenever we, you know, see that pretty girl, we can get distracted by some of the things that we don't see. And other voices and other, other people help us to know how to approach it correctly. So um, mom and dad, you guys, I know dad, you weren't raised in church. You came into, uh, you came into this church, you've told your testimony before and mom, you were raised in church and I know that, you know, you both met in church and you've also been in leadership for many years. And so you've seen examples of good relationships and bad relationships um, in your ministry time. And, you know, uh, we use the term unequally yoked a lot of times. Um, you know, can you just talk to about how, like, how do you know uh, when to date somebody? Um, you know, Taylor mentioned about how she found out Adrian had like the same commitment level, the same faith. How do you make sure that somebody 
is on the same page as you so that if you do get that relationship, you have that, that same mindset, same commitment level. Yeah, on the heels of what Taylor said, I think it's very important. I can remember a prayer, you know, you always want to pray about, you know, where you're headed in that direction. But I could always pray, Lord, I don't want anybody that is weaker than me and my faith. I felt like I had a strong faith. I don't want to always worry about, are they going to want to go to church? Are they going to want to, you know, be in ministry? Are they going to want to do this? I want somebody that wants to do that. You know, so that's very important that you find somebody that's on the same level as you are. Because if not, it's going to cause a lot of division, heartache, you know, unequally yoked. You know, even though you may believe the same thing, but you're not on that same level. You know, so somebody that prays, that fasts, that, you know, loves God with their whole heart. That, you know, ministry is what they want to do. I think that's very important. Um, and then... Um, saying something about, uh, I can't remember what I was going to say. I had another I'd like to start off by saying I'm thank the Lord that there was no uh, background checks when we were dating. <laughs> so. But on, on the fact that, um, you know, trying to get, you, you never know, you know what I'm saying, for sure, it takes prayer and fasting, and that's why it worked for us to, to date for three years, because you need to pray and fast, because it's forever. It's forever. It's supposed to be. Amen? It's supposed to be the one forever, so. Um, our, we, we didn't have counseling back then, but we were uh, heavily involved. <laughs> I was always talking to my pastor about when, 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 you know. Finally, uh, him and his wife took us out for ice cream after service one, one evening, and he gave us the green light to get married. So you need to be, you know, young people, you need to make sure your pastor and your pastor's wife are involved in whatever you're, you're doing and dating, and even, you know, even to ask is a good thing, if especially if you're both in the church, ask pastor first, can I ask so-and-so out? And it's always good to, you got to keep, you have to have prayer life. And you know, just like she said, you know, you're, it's not going to work if one of you wants to do one thing and one of you wants to go another way. That's why you should never, ever date anybody out of the church. That's why you should never, ever date anybody out of the church. Took a little time for you all to respond to that, but <laughs> don't be unequally yoked together. That's what the Bible tells us, and uh, it's, it's not going to work. Let me just say this. One thing that I've really learned um, from talking with people and, and being married and everything is that you're not going to change the individual. If you're 19, 18, 19, 20 years old, and you think, well, once I marry them, I can change them. The only one that I've ever seen be able to do that was Lila. <laughs> I got to tell him this. I mean, on the communication, she would, every night, he would fall asleep on her on the phone. Poor Lila. And I'd pick up the phone, Lila, and she'd already hung up, but <laughs> <laughs> 
He'd fall asleep every night on the phone. That's because we're old and we had to wait till after nine o'clock for three minutes. <laughs> yeah, so you guys remember when you had three minutes after nine. So that was when we were dating, the three minutes after nine. So we would have to wait till after nine to get those three minutes so we could call each other and, and talk as long as I could stay awake. And... Uh, I still sometimes fall asleep while talking to her in person. <laughs> and she'll attest that's true, unfortunately. Uh, but um, so, you know, we've, we've talked about, um, Brother Richie, you talked about how, you know, dating outside the church, you know, um, you know how can the, the wrong relationship, um, you know, maybe destroy somebody's walk with God or even hinder them in like a ministry that they're called to do? Dad, if you wanted to take that question. What was the question? <laughs> how can, if somebody has the wrong relationship, yeah. how can that hinder them? And uh, maybe you've seen Absolutely. That. I mean, I can tell you stories of young men and young women that I think they're coming across my mind right now. They're, they're not doing nearly what their ability is in the kingdom of God is because they married the wrong individual. And we've already kind of talked about it a lot, but, you know, you got to make sure you're both going in the same direction. And I don't, you know, I don't, there's no magic formula for that other than prayer, fasting, and then pray, and then after that, fast, and then probably pray, and then fast and be in tune with the parents, both parents, and be in tune with the, uh, the leadership, the man of God that's in your life. And uh, that's the only way you can overcome that. But it does, it affects people, good people. And, I, and like I said, good people that love the Lord and they're in church and everything, but they're not doing what they could be doing for the Lord because in my opinion, they married the wrong individuals. Um, Taylor and Adrian, you know, uh, Lila and I's story is really unique because we don't even remember ever looking for somebody to date. <laughs> um, you know, we, we started at 14 and 15 years old. Um, but you guys got married a little later in life, not, not that late. But um, how did you maybe pass up on previous relationships that you had? Um, you know, not get impatient um, because at the older you get, you know, the more impatient you may want to become. And uh, how do you finally just wait and know that, okay, this is the person that God has for me? Well, one thing I've always held on to very tightly from the very beginning of my walk was nothing, absolutely nothing gets before God. Nothing gets before God. Amen. And by doing that, I've always kept God first, even, you know, in the past relationships. Um, I cling to God so hard, and I told God, I said, if this is not, you know, what you want for me, then please remove it out of my life. Even if it'll, even if it'll hurt me, you know, take it out of my life, please. And it was just nothing's, nothing's more important than, you know, fulfilling the call that God has for your life. And. And I remember just God gave me visions of 
this person leaving out of my life and and it came to pass they left and then again I'd get visions God would show me things and then it would come to pass and they would just depart from my life and and I just so grateful that all that happened because I'm just I'm very blessed with what I have now and I wouldn't I wouldn't have any anything else so I love it Um, I, I have had previous, I have had relationships prior to Adrian and me, I always, always made it a point to keep sister Amy and pastor in the loop with everything. So they have known about every relationship that I have been in. And the reason I kept them, kept them involved and kept my parents involved is because I didn't want to be blinded by love. And that's so easy to happen, you know, these days. So I kept them. I kept them involved, and it, they really showed me the way to go. God showed me the the path to take, and it took it took patience. And I was patient. And since I was patient, and I listened to them, that's when Adrian came along. And Adrian has been a blessing from God. Um, he just is like I told him when we were dating. He's like the puzzle piece that just fits into the puzzle perfectly. And I, I got this little thing off Amazon, and it was a little puzzle piece. <laughs> we both got matching ones. Um, but no, that's really what it was like. It was like he was a puzzle piece that just fit into my life perfectly. And in the relationships that I had prior to Adrian, I never, we were in the honeymoon stage at first. And then as time went on, true colors would show, and I would never really feel at peace. I never felt at peace. And there was, there was resistance. But when me and Adrian started dating, there was no resistance. We were getting green lights from his pastor, from my pastor, and everything just flowed. And I knew that this is what God wanted for my life. We really are a perfect match, and I wouldn't have it any other way either. Oh, that's so cute. Now, uh, we'll transition here. I know not everybody's looking for love in the building. Uh, maybe you've already found it or you're, um, or you're fine right where you're at. <laughs> um, but, you know, we still have to deal with relationships, uh, whether, you know, outside of marriage. Uh, we still have relationships with family and, and friends and coworkers and, and things of that nature. And so uh, I'll just go down the line and uh, I'll start with you, Dad. Uh, we'll go down the line and just, you know, how do you keep God first in your home? Um, how do you, how do you, you know, balance, uh, you know, devotion, work, ministry, all those types of things? Well, I can, I can say this, that um, it's a lot easier as you get older to have your devotions and everything. Because I, I, I can't imagine having kids anymore, you know. When the kids are running around and you, everything, it it's, makes it harder. And, uh, but once you're, you know, you can get, um, you know, free from all that. The only things that we, <laughs> we're glad to see the kids go and really glad to see the grandkids come because we know they're going to go in a day or two. Amen. But... Um, you know, y'all, that's the thing about any relationship. I mean, we all should desire to want to get a hold of what's got a hold of us. We heard it Sunday morning, right? We need to have that desire to have God first in our life and everything we do. And, we do, and when we do do that, all things work to the good 
for them that love the Lord. And it really does. And I know there's rocky roads, uh, ups and downs, but um, I know that ours was a match made in heaven. And other than the Lord, my wife has been my rock. She has been the rock for me. And because I wasn't raised in church, she's like 10 generations Pentecost. I don't know what it is, but uh, they're all holier than thou, you know. And here comes along, (laughs) here comes me, you know, just, but she's uh, been very patient, loving, and kind. And I don't know what I'd do without her. But one thing I do know, and, and we both, you know, we both know this. If she quits coming to church, I'm still coming to church. And, and I know that if, just because I say I'm not coming to church anymore, she's still coming to church. So we know that God's first in each other's life. And that's, I think, how you put God at the center of your home. Well, as he was talking, I was thinking, you know, like he said, relationship between a husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend is the same as relationship between friends, family, whatever. There's got to be a mutual respect, but there's got to be a place where you take a stand and you're going to be what God wants you to be. And those friends, if they're not godly friends, they have to take a back burner and say, you know, God's first in my life. And if, if you don't respect that or whatever, we can't be friends. You know, I think there comes a time when we have to draw a line in the sand and say, this is where I want to be. This is where I'm going to stay. And if that relationship is not what it needs to be, it needs to stop. You know, um, I was talking to a young person not too long ago and just, you know, and they knew in their heart. And I think we all know when there's something that's just not right. If you ever feel something's just not right, it usually is just not right. And that's where sometimes you, that's where you draw the line and say, and you got to say, something's not right. I need to stop it right here. A lot of times we'll just go on, maybe in a, you know, a husband-wife relationship, boyfriend-girlfriend, we think, oh, that's just a little thing. It'll be okay. Well, no, because those little things get bigger and bigger and bigger, and that can destroy your walk with God. It can destroy your children's walk with God on down the road. And like I said, you usually know down in your heart, something's not right there. Let that be a guiding force in your life. But yes, put God first in everything and everything else is just going to fall into place. So for us in the home, putting God first is also just like what they said. Our kids know if the doors are open at the church, we're there. When we wake up in the morning, we start with Bible quizzing. If there's silence in the house, we're either listening to Bible quizzing songs or we're listening to the worship songs. I mean, it's number one in our households. That's, you know, what comes first. And then also, um, we had a panel with the youth last Sunday talking about other relationships. And um, we were talking about loving relationships in the church, like coming here and having, you know, friends and how much we love coming to the house of God. You know, my kids love to go over to Sunday school and to be in Bible quizzing in their church family. And, you know, for us as well as, you know, to have that um, communication and the fellowship, you know, to, ha- to have that with, you know, 
people of, you know, in here. Um, I think that's also um, so big of putting God first. Yeah, I think, you know, putting God first, you, you just have to, as they've said, make, make the decision that, that God's going to be number one, um, you know, and uh, it, it is tough when you're heavily involved in, in ministry and, and then, you know, with work and children. And I know balancing all that a lot of times gets, gets very difficult. And so, you know, just, just making it a point to say, God, I'm going to put you first in everything that I do, um, you know, in time and all the decisions. And, you know, that, that's really what I think we've learned the most is, Obviously, we put God first in our time coming to church weekly, faithfully when the doors are open, but also like in every major decision, it's we've we've learned to put God first in major decisions, um, you know, even even small decisions of like, OK, um, you know, is this a person's house that we want to go to? We've been invited. Is this, you know, is this an activity that, that we're going to be a part of? Is this something that we're going to put, you know, allow our family to, to be there? And so you, you can begin to draw lines, I think, and, and know that, that, you know, those are, those are some boundaries. I guess you could say boundaries is the, the good word to say, um, you know, mom, you talked a little bit about, you know, other friends and, and things of that nature. Um, one thing that I've always tried to, to, to follow and to teach is I know we're going to have worldly friends. We're going to have, we, you know, we live in this world. We have coworkers. We have family members that don't go to church. You know, it, we, we, uh, we do have people in our lives that, you know, that don't ha know God, that don't have the love of God, you know, but there are still some boundaries. I think we can love them uh, without allowing them to necessarily control us or, uh, you know, get us to yeah, be an influence in our life. And so, you know, there's really, I think, two things. First of all, I, I think you always got to control the atmosphere. Um, you know, so if you're going to be in a place where, you know, it's, it's not a godly atmosphere, then that's not a place you need to uh, you need to go, uh, but you can, you can always offer an alternative. And I remember dad talking one time when, uh, you know, he had just gotten in church and some of his old friends said, Hey, you know, would you like to come, come out to eat with us? We're going to such and such a place. And he was like, no, I can't, I can't go there, you know, but Hey, I can, I can meet you afterwards and, you know, we can hang out or whatever. Uh, because he was going to draw a line in the sand and be like, well, you know, I'm not able to go to that extent or to go to that place. Um, and you just draw those lines and say, yes, I love you. Uh, but you know, and I'm here for you, but there are some things that, that I'm just not going to allow myself to do. Um, uh, you know, even when we were talking about relationships, I thought of, uh, I remember when I came into the youth group, there was a term called flirt and convert. I don't know if anybody has ever heard that term before. If you're in my youth group, I'm sure you heard the, the term flirt and convert. That means that you can, you can go flirt with anybody and then you can convert them and, you know, it, everything will be all right. Well, let me tell you that it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> it absolutely doesn't work that way. And uh, you can invite them to church and, you know, make sure that they're, you know, in, in God, you know, just in love with God, have the relationship with God, and then we'll talk. Um, you know, but, um, you know, it's just, it's something that you see over and over again. Um, you know, we all look for love.
We do. And so, um, you know, love is such an important thing. And I'll just continue on. How do you, how did you guys put God first? I know you talked a little bit about it, but if you can add anything to that. Yeah. So the way that me and Taylor put God first, um, like you said, you know, giving God your first in, in everything. Um, we, in the morning, we, we give uh, God our first time. You know, you spend time with God first. And um, as of, as of um, just learning from that, um, we started getting really, like really, really pushing to get like intentional. Just, you know, just we want to really just put God first in the morning. Yeah. And being intentional will lead to uh, sincerity. And when you get those two combined, you know, you then get that relationship and you can take that bond without you throughout the entire day. And, um, you know, if you live for God easy, it'll become hard. But if you live for God hard, it'll become easy. And so when you, when you live for God hard, everything after that just becomes easy. You learn to take care of what needs to take care of. Um, it just all... You know, God blesses it. God blesses it. Everything else becomes easy. You don't really have to worry about anything. And God has just blessed our home. Yeah. Just really has blessed our home. Yeah, I agree with Adrian. Um, we always just keep God first in everything that we do. And when we keep God first, you know, it's God, the family, and ministry. And when we keep God first, he puts everything into order for us. So it is easy. It's not hard for us because that's exactly what we do, and he orders our steps. So if we're not spending enough time together, then God will convict us, and he'll check our spirit, and he, he orders our steps. So there's nothing really to it. Man. I think, you know, one of the greatest things that we have is the Holy Ghost, um, the, the fruit that the Spirit produces right? The fruit that the spirit produces. Um, the first one is love. <laughs> first one that it mentions is love. And uh, it goes on to talk about a lot of the things that the spirit is supposed to produce in our life. Patience, you know, things, you know, temperance, long suffering, all, you know, all these things that, you know, that we know we need to be successful in our relationships. And so um, I just ask, and I'll start with you, dad, how does the spirit help, uh, help us to develop real love, God's love, um, you know, instead of the world's understanding of love, because we know those are two different types of love. You know, how has the spirit, how do you, how do you allow the spirit to really help you develop that real love? Yeah, well, it's all about love, right? I mean, the Bible says, this is how all men will know you're my disciples and that you have love one to another. And so when you really begin to love an individual, it's not just your spouse or your close family, but it's one another. We need to love one another and reach out to one another. The Holy Spirit, it helps us, it leads us and guides us, and it helps us to, um, with me anyway, I try to say when I get aggravated or upset or something, I try to ask the Lord, you know, help me to look inside myself, not on the faults of another individual. Let me, why is that? Why is that aggravating me? You know, the Holy Spirit, if you'll, You'll just let the Spirit lead you and guide you. And, you know, I mean, we sit up here, you know, we're all dressed up and we look nice and good and we're all telling the good stories, right? But we're not telling all the ups and downs. And I know you're too young to have ups and downs yet, but uh, you will have ups and downs. And so we all have the, the other side, right? 
but it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that's within us. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And you just keep plugging along and you just keep trusting in God and God keeps leading you and guiding you. Amen. Like I said, that spirit is what will lead and guide you. Like you said, it's going to give you that discernment because you will need discernment in relationships with one another, with your spouse, with, um, with coworkers, with family. You'll need discernment on how to approach them. And that's where the Holy Ghost comes in. There'll be times that you, you can't make those decisions on your own. You're going to have to pray and say, Lord, how do I approach this relationship? How can I mend this relationship? Because there's going to be times that, you know, the relationship can be completely severed. But you, that Holy Ghost can convict you and he can say, you know, there's still hope there. You know, so maybe you do have a relationship that's, that's been broken. But God can mend that. He can take a heart that's been shattered in a million pieces. And put every piece back together because he's the God that can do anything. And if we'll just let that spirit, sometimes though we'll, we get so upset, we get so um, disheartened and we only look at the bad, but look at the God that can do anything and that spirit that can lead us and guide us and help us to be a better person through it. Sometimes we put the blame on the other person for the relationship that may be messed up, but let God work through you and all the other things can fall into place. Man. I'd just like to add this to that. You know, it's always our turn to ask forgiveness. In the word of God, it says, if you have ought against your brother, go to them and straighten it out. And then if you know your brother has ought against you, you're supposed to go to them. So it's always on us, you know. It's what effort we want to put forth. Yeah, and I, I was about to say the same thing. Uh, but I'll just add a little to that. It says, if you're about to bring a gift to God and put it on the altar, don't bother bringing it, but leave your gift right there. Then go make things right with your brother and then come back and offer your gift. You know, God's very serious about us, you know, uh, living in harmony and unity, you know, and that there's really no, there's no discord. Um, you know, that's one thing that I was very, um, you know, I, I think we grew into a little bit in our relationship together is that as soon as there would be a disagreement, we always like dealt with it immediately. Um, you know, but in her family, they would take a, they would take some time for reflection and then deal with it. Um, <laughs> and so it was, it was something for us to try to find that, that, uh, you know, that, that time frame of, okay, when are we going to deal with something, you know, that, you know, we've, we've had a disagreement and, or, uh, and so how, how would we deal with that? And, and, you know, it's just, it, it's things like that. But when we're talking about the Holy Ghost, I think it's, it's, it's one of the most powerful things for us to understand. God can develop his love in us. And we need to have God develop his love in us. I, I don't want to love my wife with my type of love, with my frail love, because I, you know, in my flesh and in, in me, you know, I can be selfish. I can, you know, I can hold a grudge. But whenever I, when I, with God's spirit, I can let, let go. I can release. I can love. I can forgive. 
And so I think the spirit of God is something that's just, that's so powerful. And, um, you know, one of the greatest examples I think in the word of God is whenever Paul is talking about the relationship between a husband and a wife, he said, the husband is the, you know, is like Christ is, and the wife is like the church. So he says, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And, and that is a powerful, powerful statement because that's, that to me seems unattainable. I've got to love my wife as much as Christ loves the church and give myself completely and totally to that. And, uh, and, you know, just to understand that relationship, the relationship, the love that the church has for Christ, that's what the wife should have to the husband. And this is the example that God gives us. And I'll just go on to say this. That's why the devil fights marriages so much because the marriage is supposed to example the love that God has for the church and the love that the church has for God. And if he can get your example of marriage to be destroyed, he can maybe get your relationship with God and your love for God to be destroyed. And, uh, and you know, that's why I believe it, you know, marriages are fought so much and relationships sometimes are so tough, even outside of marriage. But the spirit of God, rely on God's spirit to develop his love in you and his, um, you know, just just his forgiveness in you, um, you know, and I mean, just allow those fruits of the spirit, go to the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter five and say, God, develop this in me. God, develop this in me because I, I can't do this on my own. I can't love right on my own. I can't have, you know, patience like that on my own, you know? And so we, we go through all these things, but I think again, the answer is just to rely on God's spirit. God, lead me, guide me, and just allow his spirit to continually change you and to develop you. Um, I don't know if you guys want to add anything to, you know, how God's spirit helps us. Um, yeah, the way, the first thing that came to my mind was when, um, when you read when Moses went up to the mountain to, to talk with God. Um, the Bible says that when he came down that the God's, God's light was still shining on his face and the people saw that. So when you spend more time with God, you know, you reflect what God brings to you and stuff. And, um, you know, me and Taylor, we, we've had challenges in our uh, marriage and, and, you know, going back to what you said about fighting Satan, um, I got tired of, you know, fighting Taylor and, you know, bickering and arguing and this is your fault. No, this is not whatever, you know. <laughs> But I just, I made up my mind that I'm going to fight Satan. I'm not fighting her no more. I'm fighting Satan and, you know, we are a team and we're going to fight Satan together. And that's just what we have made up in our minds. Amen. I think of, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. You know, a lot of times when you're facing, you know, certain things, you're, you're not, you're not really facing the flesh and blood, you know, that you see, but there, the enemy's always at work to try to get us distracted, to try to get us to, you know, give up on God. But, you know, we've just got to make that decision and say, you know what, I'm going to love like God loves. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Why don't we all stand tonight? I know it's 830 
Amen. And we could go on all night, I'm sure, talking, but I just, I feel the, the presence of God in this place. And I wonder if we could just, if we could just lift up our hands and let's just ask God, let's ask God, help me to love the right way. Amen. Help me God to, to become who you want me to be. God, help me to repair relationships that need to be repaired. God, if, if those of those that are searching for love, God, those that are still looking, God, for their help meet, God, I pray, Lord, that you would lead them and guide them and direct them, God. I pray, Lord, that you would give them wisdom, oh God, to do it the right way, God. I pray, Lord, that you would lead them and guide them. Let them not be distracted, oh God. I pray for each and every person in this place, God, let your love be developed in us. God, let your spirit move and work in us. God, develop your love, your joy, your peace, your gentleness, your goodness, your meekness, your temperance, your faith in us, oh God. We, we need you, God. We cannot do this on our own, God, but we know, God, you are love, oh Lord. No greater love hath any man than this, oh God. God, but that you would lay down your life for us, oh God. You are our great example, oh God. Help us, Jesus. God, help us to love like you love, oh God. Help us, oh God, God, to love the right way. God, to grow in our love and our capacity to love. We thank you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Aren't you thankful for the love of God? Amen. It reached for us when we didn't deserve it. He died for us when we were yet in our sin. Amen. But God's love pulled us in. Amen. And changed us. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you again. Why don't you just greet one another? Amen. Tell them how good it is to see everyone. Wish them a happy Valentine's Day. Amen. And we look forward to worshiping with you on Sunday.